So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcast here with Alex from Dog Lake. We're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. So what inspired the creation of the band, and what does the band name mean? Uh, so the band kind of came from the fallout of some other bands that I was in. Uh, I was in a band in high school, and it was kind of going in a completely different direction than I was imagining. Like I was leaning in a more like punk, like emo inflected direction. And uh, the other member, my partner at the time was kind of leaning in a more like folk, like singer songwriter direction. Mm -hmm. And I was, yeah, it was very, it was an interesting dynamic. Like at the beginning, it sounded like, like black keys, white stripes meets uh, a crazy punk drummer because i was playing drums at the time and i was just like let's let's make everything like fast and energetic and fun and it was cool but like in the end i was trying to write songs and it just wasn't fitting so i was like you know what i'm gonna write these songs for myself and i'm just gonna put them together myself and do all the instruments and everything and then um that was in between when i graduated high school and started going to college so when I went into college, I just threw the EP, the first Dogleg EP up online and like didn't expect anything from it. I was just like, all right, like, you know, I made these songs and these were just kind of ideas that I imagined in the basement of my parents' house before I left. And that's that, you know, nothing special about it. Just learned how to mix them. Didn't really have like the most professional stuff. Like everything was recorded with like, two microphones it's in a bunch of like just used stuff so it's Mm -hmm. not nothing professional about it just like completely just kind of cobbled together just to make something and just put it out there yeah yeah that's it all right yeah so congrats on your newest release melee how do you feel the response to it so far uh i am (laughs) i'm like in in complete disbelief most of the time i'm just like i'm just like holy crap like i would have never imagined anything that could have amounted to this like like how many how many people have been so respect receptive to it and so interested in it and i'm so glad that they are and it is just completely unexpected but we worked our asses off to try and get to where we are so i'm glad that it's paying off but I I never would have thought that like like all the critics seem to be loving it and I'm like I never would have even like considered critics would even give this the time of day like I, I <laughs> we've got we got so many like no's from labels like res- like no responses and we were just like ah oh, you know like we're, we would be even lucky to have somebody just feel compelled to put it out just out of the kindness of their heart just because they like the music so much you know and just everything that we have gotten has just been we're we're extremely grateful for it's just a huge amount of luck and a huge amount of just work that's luckily have been seen so we're very very happy for it and very grateful for it and we don't take any of that for granted but it's like interesting to see how it's all online, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can't see a bunch of fans like screaming back the lyrics at us or anything like that because we can't play shows. So it's yeah. it's a interesting feeling when you're like when when all of your friends are like, wow, like you're 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 getting around. You're so famous. All these people are hearing of you. And I'm like, 
yeah, I see it on Twitter, you know, like I don't see, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't, like I don't see it in person. It's yeah. just very, it's a very strange disconnect. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like, I know friends bands that have done it that way where it's like, they got tons of online reception from all over the world, but in person, it's like, it's totally different. They don't receive that. And we always have gotten the opposite where it's like, we catch people because of the way we play and how intensely we play things live. So people that would never hear of us in person would just suddenly be like, holy crap, like who was that? And be interesting that way. And now it's like total 180 where it's like, oh, now we're catching all these people online instead of in person. So it's a very interesting difference from how we used to operate things. Definitely. Oh yeah. Adapting for the times though. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this album? Uh, okay, so before it would be me writing everything. And um, the second EP we did, we were kind of all working together, just like, just kind of throwing the songs out as they came. So for the album, we were like, let's take our time and let's really try and hammer out every single like aspect of each song, like how it's going to start how it's going to end what's what the progression of the di- of the dynamics of each song is going to be how we're going to like layer each song how we're going to um like organize the album to like which song will come first and how it's going to flow into the next one etc mm-hmm. so we spent a ton of time just trying to make that as as finely tuned as possible and i think it paid off like crazy because we we really went in on um uh, not only the songwriting stuff that I just mentioned, but also like recording it and everything. We just took a ton of time trying to get everything to sound exactly the way we wanted it to. We went through, <laughs> um, believe it or not, three different people to try and mix this album because oh, wow. it was because of just like the process of like, well, um, the first person that we went through, we didn't really like it. And we kind of had to go through an- another person who's a friend of ours. And then we thought it was done and then triple crown picked us up and we were like and they were like we need to go through another mixer so we're like okay we have to start the process over again so we had a lot of time to really sit on everything and really make sure that it was exactly the way we wanted it and i and we're all really happy about it i think these these songs are definitely the the most mature that we've made thus far and i'm really excited to see what we can do next because in that process like after the album came out and everything like that we added another member jacob our drummer and Mm -hmm. our former drummer parker moved to guitar so now we have even even more things to expand upon so i'm really excited to see where it goes from there because there's more there's more coming there's so there's more in the future and just having two guitars instead of one is going to be such an interesting thing and i think it's going to definitely be a interesting and beneficial thing Mm-hmm. all right wait so was each process because you said you work with three different people were they mm-hmm. like drastically different from each other um uh yes so the first person we worked with was uh his name is Maurizio Borgna he's from Italy uh he produced uh Crash of Rhinos's first album Distal which is all of our collective favorite album of all time in terms of like production and like Mm -hmm. sound quality so we were like we want to go with him because he's definitely going to get us the sound that we want we sent it to him and 
he was uh, kind enough to work with us on an extremely tight budget, much tighter than he normally works. And so when he sent it back to us, it was kind of a rush job. So we listened back and we were like, yeah, you know, there's way too many changes that will need to be made. And there's only two revisions that he's going to give us with the money that we have. So we were like, thank you so much, but we really can't continue working with you because we don't, we honestly don't have enough money to do it. So hmm. we, we moved on to our friend, Tyler Floyd, who produced um, the uh, Eureka sessions that we did that are on YouTube, our little live sessions that we mm -hmm. uh, played. And he's, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal engineer. Um, he helped us um, before we even contacted him to do the mixing. He helped me uh, record the guitars and, it was it was an awesome experience because he has just he has just so much wisdom and knowledge when it comes to sound production. So it was kind of a no brainer to just jump to him. Um, he sent us a text test mix and it sounded fantastic, exactly the way we wanted it to. So mm -hmm. that was extremely hands on and extremely collaborative. And by the time we were done, we had a really, really, really good um album that we were very proud of and we were like all right yes and we were like you know this is this is probably ready to be sent out and ready to be finished um and then we got the offer from triple crown and we were like all right yeah so we have the album ready and we're ready to go and they're like all right hold up we want you to remix it with one of our guys because we want to make sure it is studio quality because this sounds like a very good album for DIY quality, but we want to make sure it can compare to other albums that we've put out before. And we're like, okay, that's fine. Uh, that's that's cool with us. Um, so we went with um, Brett Romney's who did uh, the most recent Oso Oso record and the most recent free throw record. And we, we were kind of a little hesitant because we were like, this person leans pretty heavy pop punk. And mm -hmm. we, we want to kind of distance ourselves from a pop punk label because I don't think that because personally I've never considered us pop punk. I don't really like, I don't really associate us with that sound. We're more raw and we're kind of have more of an edge to it. So yeah. with his, with his more like pop punk leanings and our like extremely edgy like stylings we kind of reached a nice middle ground where everything sounds like very raw in your face but still has the accessibility mm -hmm. of a like pop punk record so yeah. we we're like so we we're like yes like this sounds great it, it was it was definitely a nice like touch up from where we were to start with with the with the tyler version of the record so mm -hmm. in the end it all worked out really nicely it took a really really long time though yeah <laughs> but but in the end it was great it was uh um we are fortunate to have gone through so many revisions but honestly i wouldn't do it again i would definitely yeah. want to just like pick one person and be like all right this is who we're going with and this is who we're working with and that's that you know yeah but, but the time that we spent on it i think was definitely worth it to to get the first album right because that is like a huge thing to get that first impression correct definitely all right wow sick <laughs> that's yeah. a lot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so can you tell me where your headspace was while creating that record then oh man um so i um i don't know it, it was very full of like 
anguish, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. Like, it, I, I've... I've heard that it's like a very angry record and I can definitely agree with that just because of like the environment that I was in was just very like, like toxic, I guess you could say like I had a lot of like family struggles and I had a lot of like just personal struggles that I was dealing with with like anxiety and depression and like trying to get a handle on that and mm -hmm a lot of the times my lyrics don't really make that entirely clear and i feel like that's kind of a thing that's on purpose because it's like you know anxiety and depression is not really a thing that is super clear cut and super obvious to anybody so i wanted to make that very apparent where it's like you know what like these words may not make any sense and there's words just maybe <laughs> a jumble of emotions but that's mm -hmm. exactly how it feels you know that's yeah. exactly what we're trying to capture is that like you may be saying something really, really loudly and you may not know what it is, but you're getting something out of you. And so that's kind of where I was when I was like trying to make these songs, especially with like a couple of songs where um, the words are almost complete nonsense, where it's like, like uh, <laughs> the song Wrist actually started with um, a demo track where the lyrics were just like absolute complete ad-libbed like jumbled nonsense not not even entirely like english words just uh -huh. like sounds and phrases and vowels and i was just like all right like i got it out of me and i got it out of me as angrily as possible and then mm -hmm. i listened back and i was like okay let's see what words we can kind of form from what i was trying to formulate with this recording yeah. and then it came up into like this really crazy interesting like like set of lyrics that I was like oh you know like it kind of makes sense in a weird way <laughs> yeah so so it was definitely an interesting process but it was like full of that like just angry angsty kind of feeling and it was just kind of a process of like getting it out and just having fun with it in a weird way you know it's like I I never really had a chance to enjoy having having anxiety and depression and in, in a way like making this record if that kind of makes sense where it's like yeah. you know put it into a positive thing and put mm -hmm. it into a positive process wait, wait wait so you said that basically you get your lyrics sometimes from just like screaming out random mm -hmm. things is that mm -hmm. how it's always been or just for this record for the most part yeah it's kind of just been a little bit ad-libbed most of the time um well, actually pretty much all of the time, except for maybe like Star 67 on the last EP that we did, all of the song comes first before the words. Like the mm -hmm. words always come last and then we try and figure out, okay, here's how a melody could probably go over this and here's what words could maybe fit here. But I don't really like to come forward with like a pre-written like here's everything written out and it's all done. Mm -hmm. It's more just like, all right, I have a phrase and it might sound cool if we say it this way and we say it right here in the song. What can go before it? What can go after it? Let's play the song a billion times and I'm going to sing a bunch of times and I'm going to see, all right, what sticks, what flows and what makes sense. And then we'll record it on a demo tape and I'll listen back to it another million times and then see, all right, let's let's like write it out and let's see from there how can we make the the lyrical structure fit yeah 
That is so cool. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, what band or artist influences do you think you can hear the most on this record? Oh, uh, Bear vs. Shark by by a million million miles. (laughs) They're they're (laughs) one of my they're one of my favorite bands of all time. They're from Michigan. Um, uh, They combine uh, punk sensibilities and tenderness in this very interesting way that i think no other band can really match they 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 just know how to like toe this line of dynamics that is just very 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 hard for most bands to get and i feel like even in our case it's kind of hard for us to toe these dynamic lines because we kind of lean more of just like being like just kind of macho angry in your face all the time Mm -hmm. and hopefully on the next record we're gonna kind of lean more into like all right how can we like slow it down how can we not not necessarily slow it down but like tone it down and then build it back up again you know like make it it very roller coaster instead of just always attacking and and uh uh, another band i would say is uh crash of rhinos obviously because we've definitely tried to model the at least the production of the record behind their first record because I just love that like earthy sounding um, tone of the album where you can just really hear like the space of the room and everything. And you can like, you can almost hear like the, them picking like the, the individual notes of the guitar and like you're sitting like right next to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when they get really loud and they get really brash, you can just like feel the energy of the room as well. And I really wanted to capture that with the record. And I feel like we did with just like the sheer sound of the drums. I'm really glad of how we recorded those drums so big and so bombastic. And I'm, and I'm glad we could do that. Um, and I think uh, another band would be uh, Trail of Dead. I really, really love Trail of Dead. And I really love the way that they tie... Um, really emotional songwriting with emotional performance and i mean that in the terms of like they play things hard but they also like play up things in a campy way where they bring in like a huge stringed orchestra to accompany everything that they're doing and it's like wow you know i want to do that and so we added some we added some of our own strings and horns on some tracks just kind of buried a little bit so we can so we can still get the intensity yeah. Wow. All right. That's so cool. All right. Thank you. So what made you choose the name for this record? And is there any meaning behind the cover art? Um, Melee was because Chase is obviously very, very good at Super Smash Bros. Melee. He mm-hmm. has for years um, challenged challenged uh, people in the crowd and fans and anybody who comes up to our merch table, he would challenge them to a game of Melee. And if they would win, he would buy them our merch or he'd literally buy them anybody's merch that is at the table like even other bands oh my god he's he's never been beaten and uh oh. i think it's been like three years now or four years and he's he's really 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 good he's like like 18th in the state of michigan oh and he runs tournaments and everything so his his um his mentality is like you know i will know the person if they are going to beat me before they come like if it's just a random person they're not gonna win that's just yeah. the way it is. and i'm like okay that's cool and we've played other bands too we've played uh foxing twice cool. and smoked them every single <laughs> one of them um to a point where they had to actually like 
there was a bet where it's like if we won you have to tweet that we're better than you at melee <laughs> and they had to, they did that twice mm-hmm. um and uh, who else did we play uh i think we played um Oso Oso while we were on tour oh. but that was more like a friendly game because mm-hmm. like they're they're not they're not like a competitive smash <laughs> players or anything yeah. like that kind of like honestly i'm not really a competitive smash player i'm not that good at fighting games <laughs> So mm-hmm. I let that I let Chase handle all of that, but he's he's extremely good, no doubt about it. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, and the cover art. The cover art. So yes. actually, I'm sitting in my room and I have a copy of the cover oh. art just sitting. Oh my god! Yeah, my, my aunt gave it to me for Christmas. Um, oh. so, um, honestly, I've never really understood the um the context of her art i just thought it was an interesting and very minimalist piece but the more i sat with it and the more i like asked her like okay like what what do you think this is about we it was like about like the balance of like nature and nurture and it's like the balance of like mankind and animals if that kind of makes sense it's like a weird like like (laughs) like juxtaposition because you got you got the dog and then you got mm-hmm. like a man-made chair but they're both existing in kind of the same space and then yeah. you have the wood on the top to kind of connect the both mm-hmm. and i've always thought well it's like you know wood is kind of existing in both like a man-made space and like an animalistic space because it grows in nature naturally as a tree but we also use it to make a ton of stuff as humans so it's like you're kind of like connecting and bri- like it's making like a little bit of a bridge even though it's kind of hovering both of them yeah but i feel like in connection to the album the art just kind of signifies well it's like we all have like these emotions like every single person on planet earth has emotions inside of them of like anger and hate and sadness and love and everything and it just like just like animals just like everything else and it's like it's it's hard to hide them and it's and it's and it's much more fun in my opinion to kind of let them out in like a in like a cathartic and easy way and i feel like like animals kind of do that like just on their own you know mm-hmm. like they don't really they kind of just work entirely on like primal emotions and i think that like like this album is very primal in that way where it's like it's just harnessing like just all of these thoughts and feelings but not necessarily trying to make them more than what they are you know not trying to make them super sophisticated to a point where it's like where it's hard to really connect with it but trying to make it so it is like (laughs) it is visceral and it Mm -hmm. is just grappling and it just lets you understand exactly what is happening without knowing exactly what happened mm-hmm. man that was really deep i like yeah. that, that <laughs> thank really you cool. thank right, you before you go shane i have to ask have you guys ever thought of doing like a whole like diy um tournament we have thought about that but the thing is is like not a lot of people are good at smash and And that's not that's not to be a diss Mm -hmm. but like realistically like not not enough people like go to tournaments not enough people like know the outlets of smash so 
actually our drummer Jacob um, was a part of a uh, Pokemon tournament, oh. which they did online Pokemon games, and everybody knows Pokemon, so it's of like, course. all right, like, like we can we can understand each other like that. But with Smash, it's a little bit harder to get into, and I know this especially because like my skill is like really low, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. trying to play against players that are actually good or not even like super super good but like like mid-level is just hard it's like a hard barrier to entry because you know you're bad and you don't if you don't have the skills it's just very difficult to actually get into and yeah. start enjoying because it's like i'm not having fun i'm getting my butt whoops it's, a whole <laughs> thing. Not, it's yeah. not engaging or fun that's fair that's fair uh, so what song on this record took the longest to write, and what is your personal favorite? Ooh, the longest to write was Hotlines by a mile, because I could Ooh. not for the life of me figure out how to sing along to it. It was very, very, very difficult. The original demo uh, actually had me not even doing my like usual like yelling, screaming version. The original demo had me singing like in a low octave like freaking Ian Curtis. I was oh so confused. I was so not able to understand what the heck to do. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go in the basement. I'm just going to try it. And this is this is after literal months of just trying to figure this out. Oh, and, wow. then I just, and then I just bust out and I just try it. Try some, try what the um, uh, vocal line currently is, or like a, like a primitive form of it. And I was like, all right, like that's like that's interesting that's good and then i show it to the band and they're like all right we have we have at least like a good idea of it and then we just kept working on it for a little bit longer and then it just suddenly like started to stick and i was just like all right finally we did it we made it <laughs> and and then from there we just um i wrote down like some some good lyrics to go along with it and the thing that was um, kind of persisting through the demos and the and the current version is uh, the chorus part and I was like, all right, so at least we have that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So so just the rest of it just kind of took a long time to figure out, like, all right, how do we puzzle this together? Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite song, oh, man. It, it's like picking a favorite kid. It's very hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I can really pick a favorite song just because it's like, like, I love them all for such specific reasons. Like, each each one has its own has its own place for me you know mm-hmm. like like i just i just love it all and i and i and i, and I don't want to like separate them you know they okay. they exist together you know yeah. <laughs> okay. package yeah exactly yeah right. that's fair that's fair uh so this one should go like super super fast off the top of your head as quick as you can i want you to describe this record in three words in three words three words loud fast cry oh <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. wonderful yeah <laughs> loud fast cry so on the same topic is there a certain feeling you want your listeners to have while listening to this album um you know no okay and here's why here's mm-hmm. why okay. okay because i don't want to impose a feeling onto anybody of what you should or should not feel when you're listening to this record and uh you know let me specify that what i want is for people to go into it and to come out of it having a positive experience you know i don't want anybody to come into it 
and think like, oh, this is going to suck. This is bad. Or, or come out of it thinking it sucks. Like, I, I, I don't want that. But in terms of like what you're going to feel and how you're going to feel it, I want I want that person to be taken on their own personal journey because I know that's what happened to me when I listened to my own personal favorite records because like I didn't know anything about these bands when I first listened to those records that really like gave me that much of an emotional impact and I frankly didn't want to know about those bands because I was too invested in the actual experience of the songs and of how they were like affecting me mm-hmm and that's what i want for other people to do is just to sit down listen to it with like an open mind and then come out of it with whatever they feel you know if they felt like it was like the worst sonic experience that they could have ever had all right that's fine at least you listened to it you know and at least it gave you some type of feeling if they sat down and it made them cry the whole way through that's great you know that's your that's your experience with it you know i don't want to tell you that you have to cry at three minutes of Fox because <laughs> mm-hmm. I said so, you know? <laughs> Those are the rules. Yeah. Right, exactly. I don't want any rules for this. This is just this is just my own catharsis put onto a record, and uh, you can take that as, as you want to take it, you know? Yeah. And hopefully it's a positive way. That's all I ask for. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so you guys actually did an audio tree, like, session type thing. How yeah. did that happen? How did that uh, go? So we did a uh, audio tree staged where we played in front of a bunch of cameras at Lincoln Hall. And they've been doing this for a couple of other bands as kind of like a makeup for shows that have been lost. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because they they um, they split the profits for us 50-50, which is extremely nice. It definitely helped us out a lot because mm-hmm. like we're not making anything right now. Yeah. Um, but also it was really cool to be involved with like audio tree we actually were working on getting like a real session like set up um around that time and they were like you know what why don't you just do a staged instead and we'll do a session later on some other time so that's what we had planned is we were like all right we'll do the staged because we want to play live and we feel like that'll definitely be cool and then we'll do a live session later maybe like later in the year or next year who knows so we have that like in the books we don't have it official but like it's it's official in the terms in in the sense where it's like we talked and it's happening but we just don't know when but um but they've been interested in us like since we put out the record they they put they sent us an email they were like we want to do a session with you let us know when you want to do it and then and then covid hit so we were like all right let's Let's change gears. Maybe we can do a different thing with yeah. you. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. And and audio, and audio trees uh, they've been moving to Michigan, like getting some more um, uh, like infrastructure in Michigan. So it's really cool, and they really like to support Michigan artists. So they definitely mm-hmm. had their eye on us for a little bit, which is really nice. Yeah. For oh. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know you guys just released this album a couple months ago, but is there anything new in the works you can tell us about? Mm-hmm. There is a couple things new in okay. the works, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can tell you about it right Dang. now. But I will say that we were in a studio, so that's all mm-hmm. I can say. Studio? Uh-huh. Right. uh-huh. And that typically means music, sometimes. It, sometimes. It, it sometimes means music, yeah. but... um. 
but yeah, we have that. And then we have a cool, um, a cool little thing that might be coming out sometime soon. But okay. again, I can't say for certain. I can't say anything. But okay. we do have things still going on. That's the thing. Okay. <laughs> the, things the, are coming. coming. Yeah, yeah. Things, things are coming. Do not worry. Even though we put out the record like 5 billion years ago, there's still things happening. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Still okay. an active band. Not dead yes. yet. Yes. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Solid. Um, so where do you see the band in the next five years? Oh, man. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, top of the world, baby. I, I don't Let's know. Go. Taking over the world. Yeah, taking over the world. Honestly, I don't know. I I really um, think we have a lot of places to go musically. And I mm -hmm. think that I'm really excited to see where that can take us and, and what that would uh, be able to do for us. Because like, just seeing the reception of what we just did with our first record right now is really, really, really cool. And I don't want to lose that momentum. And honestly, like, I'm kind of only thinking about like that right now. I'm not thinking about yeah. five years because like, like, I don't know, maybe all our fans will leave. Who knows? You know? no. But like, but like, um, yeah, I, I'm just kind of thinking like, you know, what will the next record be like? Like what, where do I want to go? Where, where do we, where do we want to take this band in a way that still keeps the core of our intensity and our emotion emotion-filled playing but like expand it to kind of new regions and not lose anybody's interest you know yeah because i don't because i don't want to have people come and listen to us and be like yeah this band is fast this band is sick this band plays really hard and then the next record disappoint them and be like oh no they're Aww. playing slow they're doing that it's like i i don't think we're gonna do that but i'm like you know how do we do that in an interesting way how do we do mm -hmm. that in a way that's still engaging so in the next five years, I I would like to have a record or maybe even two records Ooh. that really show our depth and really show um, what we're capable of doing. Because I feel like we're off to a great start and we definitely have a long ways to go in terms of like what we want to do musically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music and go okay. straight to death row. So... If you're on death row, what would your last meal be with drink? If I'm on death row, what would my last meal be and drink? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, does a milkshake count as a drink? Yes. Of course. Okay, then I will have a vanilla milkshake. Mm -hmm. And my last meal will be <laughs> endless soup salad and breadsticks from Olive Garden oh my God. <laughs> so wait. that I never die. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's your soup choice, though? Oh God, Italian wedding soup. Oh, I've never had that before. It's like I always get the gnocchi. The Italian wedding soup is so good. It's like uh, chicken stock mm -hmm. with like meatballs and spinach and orzo Ooh. noodles. It's super yummy. Oh it's my very... God, that sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's it. <laughs> and it's unlimited, so you never. And it's die. unlimited, so I never get, I never run out. Never it's get exactly. the chair. I never it's get the chair. It's a win-win. Amazing. Still eating. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Oh, shoot. If I could live in a fictional world for a week? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to think about this. This Because this is... There's so many. There's so many places I want to go. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know. When I was a kid, I always wanted to 
live in uh, the Pokemon universe, but the uh, specifically the Pokemon Ranger games. Have you ever played those for the DS where you like circle the Pokemon? No, I, I haven't. I would play that outside with like old, old, old cell phone of my mom's because it had like an extendo antenna, and you mm-hmm. had that in the game. And you're like, I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> so just to fulfill that childlike fantasy, I would want to live in like that world where it's like Pokemon exists, and I got a cool friend, probably like a Growlithe because I love dog type, like dog styled Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then we'd just be best buds. It'd be so cool. That'd be <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Sick. Um, so I have the honor of asking the last question, and every single person we've spoken to has said this is the most important question. Oh, sure. Ever. Okay. All right. What is your favorite color? It is blue, but honestly, I might lean it towards black because I like wearing black all the time. As you should. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as I said, that is all the questions we have today. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, we just put out some new merch. Check it out. Um, we're going to probably be putting out some more new merch December, some more winter stuff. That'll be cool. Um, we're going to try and do more music-related stuff. As it comes, just keep an eye on it. We're definitely not dead. Thank you so much for listening. Also, if you've listened to the record, we're we're extremely grateful for everybody that's ever listened to it, ever reviewed it positively or negatively. Just thank you for sharing it around and everything. It means so much to us. We never would have imagined any of this would have happened, sure. <laughs> especially the bad stuff. We never would have imagined the bad stuff would happen either. But thank you. All right. Uh, well, thank you for sitting out with us. This has yeah, been... thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate yeah, it. Anytime. Of course, yeah. This has been Alex from Dogleg and uh, We're the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>